podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson, low, great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura. And belted into the net, brilliant goal. On debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! First time here to Son. Kane, good area for Spurs. And Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley battle line. Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run. Yemin Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best welcome 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 ladies and gentlemen we finally have a manager after 72 days spurs have done it we've we've uh, we've definitely not panic panic appointed or anything like that um but we'll get into it firstly yao how is it how are yourself i'm fine you know i'm, I'm calling from from headquarters HQ, I don't want to say too much as to where HQ is, but um, mm. I'm I'm putting together a, a little dossier for for our assault on the old, or should I say, the new White Hart Lane, because uh, this appointment is not going to go down well. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that. I fully hear that. Hops. On the looks of it, the streets are saying you're fully on hot boy summer. With the fitness <laughs> and the funky shirts, can you can you confirm that? Uh, I can't conf- I can't confirm or deny, bro. But I'm out here, man. Just living, just living, man. I think that confirms it, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout out to Jay as well, by the way. Who's um, he's a lovely watcher of the pod, listener as well. Um, before we get into it, we have to do due diligence of uh, we got fan slide promoting the podcast. See the uh, if you haven't heard it already, it's the world's first fantasy football game or app. You get up to five hundred pound prize pools available per game now on certain games, or you get a collective ten k if you do well enough. I see you have to be number one for that, but you know, try your luck. There's a new offer on as well. They've doubled the refer a friend refer a friend bonus. Pardon me. If you invite someone else, they'll match it for you. It was half before. Now it's the full amount. Uh, be sure to also add Touchline Fracker as a friend. Also, you've got the Discord servers, which have been popping off for England games. Purely because not everyone even supports England. It's a really nice melting pot of people who have agendas or support certain players. Agendas against England, supporting England. Yeah, man, it's, check it out because the pod comes out Saturday and the next England game is on Saturday. So be sure to get involved, man. It's going to be live. Okay. Um, so we are going to have Toby joining us uh, a little bit later. He's um, he's promised not to do any Spurs takes on his um, YouTube channel. 
during the Euros, but he's uh, he's given in, he's given his take, and he's going to be joining us quite shortly on his commute after his commute home. Um, but yeah, boy, let's get into it. Nuno Espirito Santo, out of all of the uh, candidates, I mean, we've all seen that lineup, which has been going around on social media. This lineup of managers who we've gone for, who have rejected us. And of all of these candidates, we ended up hiring one of the, what you could say, lesser desirable candidates. He's labelled as a Jose Mourinho clone slash understudy, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he's come out and says he's going to make us proud. Yao, what are your initial thoughts? My initial thoughts is... Has he made as a Jose proud? fan as well, a Jose clone, <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is going to be... Uh, Nah, this nah, should be nah. right up your street. No, nah, it's not. It's not. You see, this is the problem. Yeah, the problem is this. We don't know if he's made himself proud. Yeah, as I said last week, I don't like indecisiveness. Yeah, he's got a patch of hair on his head. He hasn't decided whether he's going to go bold or remain in the club. Yeah, I say let it go. That's the first line of problems for me. The second line is you, you can't clone Jose Mourinho. Yeah, so there's only one way this direction can go for this guy. Nez for sure, which is not exactly the, the greatest abbreviation of your name. It's not even a super Nez. Yeah, it's not even a Snez. That's sad times. But what I would say is, him coming in and saying he's going to make us proud. The only way you make us proud is by winning us trophies. Not, not a trophy. Trophies. Yeah? And no manager since 2008 has managed to do that. And I don't trust that this Nuno guy will do it. So, uh, if he proves me wrong, I'll be the first person to come on this podcast and say I was wrong. I apologize. Um, if he mm -hmm. proves me right, I believe he should hand over the keys to his office so we can burn it, yeah, and stop <laughs> this bleeding that the club has been suffering from, yeah, of hiring managers that are just going to take us nowhere. That's my take. There we go. There we go. And um, Tops, we've got, um, there's obviously a lot of talk about the Spurs DNA. And for those that don't know, obviously Levy uh, brought out a state, uh, statement to the fans. And to paraphrase it, he said he wanted to bring back the Tottenham DNA. He wanted to bring back attacking free-flowing football, however it may be. Essentially, we we're going to look to hire someone of Pochettino's profile. Levy was undecided on Nuno from um, what our sources have been saying, a.k.a. Steve Snitchin, it's most likely <laughs> to be. And he's been convinced by Paratici, but saying he is adaptable. He's got um, different systems, different ways of playing at Valencia. Uh, one of their games I've got on as we speak. Um, do you buy into that at all? Or do you think uh, Levy should have stuck to his guns? and uh, turn them away? Um, do I buy into it? No. I feel like um, the team at Tottenham kind of know what the fans want and they're very much... It's commonplace for them to kind of give us things that we technically want to hear whilst not being able to really support any of those ideas. Um, I don't think... Uh, 
it really is in in it really is in Nuno. I feel like um, the past you can kind of see the kind of football that he's played. And you know what? To be fair, I did some research of my own into his time um, at Rio Ave, his time at Valencia. Obviously, looked extensively at his numbers um, at Wolves. And you know, whilst he is the manager, I have I just have a feeling that he's failed upwards. I, I feel like at Wolves, it came to an end. And um, he's become free. And even though apparently he was on this list of managers that Paratici wanted to um, employ to replace Pirlo um, at Juve alongside Gattuso and a couple of other people. Um, I'd just like you say it's underwhelming, if anything. Um, mm. This is a man who's also been free since the end of the season. Um, if you were going to make this sort of decision, you could have got him a long time ago, it wouldn't have taken you 72 days or whatever it's taken since um, the sort of middle of middle of April t- to take him on. Um, I do feel massively, massively underwhelmed about this, by this. Um, but at this point, I mean, I don't really want to listen to anything that Levy has to say. So I'm just going to uh, follow what the club is doing and support them um, from the sidelines in a very, very little manner. That's fair. That's fair. I, um, I want to get into a kind of Jose and Nuno comparison because I want to kind of see if we actually have, even though it's, it is an underwhelming um, appointment by anyone's standards, have we actually improved on Mourinho? But I wanted to just go to you quickly, Al, and because we've got a new dynamic at the club where we have got this director of football now. You've got Levy, who in recent years, it's uh, easy to say he hasn't really listened to people like Paul Mitchell, like Hitchin, anyone who's in that kind of director of football position. And now you've got Paratici coming in and he's now being trusted to make those decisions on the footballing side. Is this a positive shift in dynamic for the club? And has Levy relinquished all but most if not all of the control from what you can kind of see on the surface level of the football inside at Tottenham Hotspur all in all overarching is it a positive dynamic well I'll address whether he's relinquished power to some degree the answer to that would be uh, we'd have to see over time Uh, it looks like he has, uh, but we don't really know if that's true. I mean, the appointment of uh, Nuno, as some outlets have said, wasn't uh, Levy's choice. Um, I, to be honest with you, I think Levy's choice was Conte. But if Conte was your choice, you should have paid money. You know, this wasn't about being tight at that point, and it was about you know being serious. So maybe uh, some of the power has been relinquished. Will this be a positive thing in the long run? Yes. As it stands, it doesn't make a little bit of difference, to be honest with you, because it just happened overnight to mm. to some degree. But in the long run, the least amount of power Levy has on the football inside of Tottenham Hotspurs will benefit the Hotspurs 100%. Because that guy, without a shadow of a doubt, is a top-level facio. Yeah? <laughs> he has taken 
<laughs> he has taken the joy out of watching my club completely out of me. Yeah. The missed signings, the penny pinching, I've had enough. Yeah. I told you in the group, Levy and Enoch can come on down. There's no more sentimental value for these men. I don't <laughs> care. There is none. So, yeah, so long as he's staying away from the whole the football inside of things, then I'm very happy. To be honest with you, I saw some outlets today saying that Paratici is looking at um, Skriniar already. And I was like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, mm. all I want is Levy to, to... I don't mind if Levy does the negotiating, but don't negotiate to a point where we don't get the player. Just get the player in it. Yeah, but these players that we're looking at, I'm fine with it. Even the... I can't pronounce the Japanese international guy. Tomiyasu. Tomiyasu. I had no clue who he was. I've never seen him play because I don't watch Bologna games. But I did what everyone else would have done. I went to YouTube, the trusted source of lies. And uh, I watched a few clips and I was like, right, this guy's faster than I thought he was, yeah? But that means nothing because we will know exactly who he is by game 10 of the Premier League season. Mm. And we'll get into that. We'll get into that. And like you say, um, I do agree, it is going to be a case of time because, well, we mean with Paratici, because this, as we record, on the 1st of July in the evening. This is his official first day like at the club in his role. So, yeah, yeah I mean, time will tell. Time will absolutely tell. But, yeah, if we uh, get into it, I've done a bit of research into Nuno myself. I managed to find some dodgy website which has old games saved. And I watched um, um, a couple of his games from his tenure. So, away at Malaga and home to Real Madrid. He lost away at Malaga and won at home to Madrid. Mm -hmm. Um, As a terms for adaptive systems, which is what is essentially landed him the role, he played 4-4-2 diamond against Malaga, which is something Jose Mourinho experimented with at the end of his tenure. Um, Random as hell. Uh, Didn't have any... um, cohesiveness or coordination whatsoever but showed a little bit of promise it's something Pochettino also experimented with at the end of his tenure as well um and against Real Madrid it was it's like a 3-5-2 slash 5-3-2 off the ball mm-hmm. depending on how you interpret it and on the ball 4-2-3-1 which are both of those systems I feel like fit as well but in terms of actually how they apply it um they do have a pretty aggressive counter-press. So if they lose the ball high up the pitch, they will hunt impacts, uh, have a coordinated um, have a coordinated press. So that that's an improvement on Jose, I feel, because we didn't that was non-existent under him. We couldn't sustain any pressure whatsoever. Um, they do settle in a mid-block uh, if they don't win the ball back. Um when they do win the ball back, they obviously do look to, or his teams do look to transition very, very quickly. Um, another thing which I feel like is a positive in comparison to Jose is his um, concentration on player fitness, which under Jose, he didn't really seem to kind of overlook or man-manage himself. He even, uh, you heard it from Harry Kane's mouth, he didn't really overlook it at all. He just expected players to get on with it. Um, whereas Nuno's very hands-on with that, allegedly, um, which is promise. I mean, I can 
overlook his almost Anakin Skywalker stance on young players. Uh, if you know, you know. Um, he doesn't seem to like kids very much, even though he's quoted as saying he um, likes what he's seen of the club's academy. We've got good players and he'll be looking to nurture and trust them when needed. Mm-hmm. Um, when needed being the key part, though. Um, but we'll see. Tops, um, does that show or any of those things show any promise to you? And would you say at this point, Nuno is, in fact, an improvement on Mourinho, as underwhelming as it is? Um, so to the first point, um, I mean, after the fact that he's fairly underwhelming, you know, having to accept the fact that he is going to be the head coach moving forward. Um, I do like that he does somewhat seem adaptable as a coach. Um, mm. I was actually looking um, at notes on that game against Madrid, uh, where they where they played almost like a three-five-two or a five or five-five-three-two, as you kind of said. Mm. Um, and they won that game, like, and he was praised actually for um, the way he set up tactically. So clearly, he does have the ability ability to adapt as a coach. Um, and obviously, as well, like as we know, at Wolves, he's had the players to be able to play, you know, this sort of back three where he's got a uh, fullbacks who are or wingbacks who are very happy to gap up and down, whilst being sort of defensively astute, which I think is very, very important for us. But also having the quality in their play to transition quickly. So I suppose in that sense, very much so, I'm very happy to, to have his adaptability as a coach. Um, I feel like he will be a hands-on coach. Um, Listen to a lot of his stuff about when he was at Porto, interestingly, under Mourinho um, and under the different coaches when he was a player. Um, he does seem to have a good insight into the game um, and he's been in football a long time. But where I do feel like we could struggle with him is because whilst he was at Valencia, I don't feel like his ability to perform in lots of high, high sort of quality games or, you know, he hasn't really played many important games. I suppose at Wolves, he has a a few games and some Champions League games when he was at Valencia, but I kind of still feel like there's a little bit missing. And I feel like maybe that, in my opinion, is where he falls off. If we are comparing him to Mourinho, whilst they do seem quite pragmatic and they want to be astute at the back and transition quickly, I feel like Mourinho definitely has, obviously, the star quality over him, but also Mourinho has performed in lots of high-quality games and has also managed to win in these high-quality games as well. So I feel like it will be interesting in the games where we are expected to win. I will expect us to win because we've got a lot of quality in the team. I feel like um, he can set us up in in the right way. But I'm interested to see how pragmatic he is going to be in some of these big games because I feel like in the past, Mourinho has been super pragmatic to the point where we will take one chance and have to be super clinical whilst being solid at the back, but we won't actually approach the game in a smart way. And that's sometimes I also look back to the way Pochettino used to manage because I feel like he used to go try to go head-to-head against some of these teams. When actually, with the players and the system that we had, he could have actually been a bit more pragmatic, and we probably would have had a bit more luck in these bigger games. But at this point, I'm always going to say that he's got to be a downgrade on Mourinho. Mourinho's won more. Mourinho's 
managed for a longer time. He's managed a lot bigger teams as well. And um, I feel like we're just going to have to take what we get at this point with uh, Nuno. You know, no offence to him. I, I, I think he comes across well. He comes across as extremely likeable. But I feel like he has got a job on his hands to not only convince Levy that he's going to do what he says, because I feel it's very important that he said what he did in his in his presser about the Tottenham way, the DNA, the fact that we will attack. Because I feel like Levy wanted that from the very beginning. And if he doesn't, or if he, if he tends to veer away from that, it could be very interesting how things could turn. Mm, definitely. And it was very interesting how they didn't mention the word attack really at all in any of the, uh, any of the interviews that were done with uh, Spurs media. Um, I think that was clever to avoid it because I think we've all said as well from that statement which they released about or Levy released about our DNA, quote unquote, and fucking uh, attacking football. It it was just poorly worded, whereas no one really wanted like outright attacking football per se, but a sign of like progressive, a progressive team which gets the best out of its current squad for the most part. <laughs> I don't even know why you're making the face, but yeah, um, I don't know if that's an agreement with the poorly worded Levy statement or me waffling. Probably a mixture of the both, but we move. Nah, no, nah, it's not. It's not you. Or it definitely, ain't you. it's um, this this Tottenham way talk or the Tottenham DNA infuriates me. And they mentioned it a lot. They mentioned it so much. It's it's almost become like a hashtag. They've actually mentioned it so much. Listen, when my United fans are like, the United way, the United DNA, they're talking trophies. They're talking like 20 Premier League titles. They're talking big talk, yeah? When Chelsea fans are like, oh, the Chelsea way, they're talking from 2005 onwards because everything before that, they ain't got no history. When City fans are talking about ah the City way, they're talking about from 2010 onwards because everything before that, they're relegated twice. They ain't got no history. And Arsenal fans, they're talking about the Wenger years. When Spurs fans talk about ah we want Spurs to be doing this and that, they're talking about the this little four to five year period on the watch. I don't want to hear a Spurs fan tell me about ah we was this and that back in the day. Unless you saw us lift the UEFA Cup and the league title, do not talk to me about the freaking Tottenham or, or Tottenham DNA or Tottenham way. I've seen my team go 3 0 up, go in at half time, come out 60th minute, still be 3 0 up, and at 93 minutes be walking off the pitch with a loss. That's the DNA. Yeah, this is, this is what you want me at this big age to be suffering. This is what you want me at this big age to be watching. That's why I didn't pay for no freaking season ticket. Yeah, I'm not giving them a penny till they return back to me some silverware. When I see a trophy lift, that's when I'm back in the stadium. Non-entities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's so mad and it's so evident. On the on the quotes from Paratici, from Nuno, and from Levy as well, I think they all mentioned DNA at least a couple of times. It's it's evident that they're trying to cover their tracks. Um, 
just a little bit because of that poorly worded statement. Uh, um, I think every Spurs fan has been hanging on that ever since um, ever since it's been released and um, how how they're going to recruit our new manager and you know, okay, you've come out, you've said this, let's let's see what you've got, let's see what your actions say as opposed to your words. And then they've gone for um, in Paratici quotes. So it's quite interesting to get his perspective on it. Obviously, he'd done the interview with Spurs TV as well, as it was ultimately his decision. He persuaded Levy to go for him over the likes of someone like Graham Potter, who I think would have been a much better candidate for us. But to paraphrase uh, Paratici a bit, um, I believe I'm saying his name right. I do want to respect his name, even if I don't agree. Uh, he sets a good foundation. He's adaptable. He, he made a big point of him being adaptable. Um, kind of suggested that his kind of charisma and the way he works will allow players to suffer with him. Like he used the word suffer with him, which tells me he's n- like, it tells me that I was right in thinking that he's one of those that's not, he's not really going to start going after games unless he's one nil down which is what I kind of saw in um, the game against Malaga, which they lost. They really upped it after they went 1-0 down um, against Real Madrid. They're playing superbly well after they went 1-0 down from conceding a penalty. So, yeah, it's one of those where, okay, you're not aiming to be progressive, but you're aiming for the players to be better drilled in the way they were playing last season, essentially. Um, which is what I took from Paratici. He's just apparently more adaptable than Jose. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, does this just sound like this time, um, all the time when we hired Mourinho, right? Because we were promised a new footballing philosophy, a way of bringing young players in. Like, I feel like it's just a bit of waffle from uh, Paratici, to be honest. And yeah, like his player recruitment and how he offloads players is going to define his role from now because the manager appointment's looking piggy as it stands and vastly underwhelming. Um, but I guess that's that's one of the only real things going for, for Nuno, I think. Like, yes, he's an underwhelming appointment. I think he's slightly better than Jose as a coach currently. I think he has slightly more modern more, more ideas, but I say slightly. Um, and I think the thing that's going to aid him the most is that there's pretty much no expectation on the guy whatsoever. Like I don't think anyone's expecting him to appease Harry Kane to keep him. I don't think anyone's thinking he's going to, even with certain players signing, even if we get a screener, He's going to get top four, which I think should be the aim um, this season. It's, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hope I'm wrong about the whole Nuno appointment. I think it's still underwhelming, but you know, we move, we move. Um, going on, I think it's um, it'll be good to discuss, regardless of how underwhelming we may or may not find it what players can prosper with his uh, with his adaptive system. So we've already talked about his system, the way he plays, tops. Other than 
the obvious number two. Yeah. Who do you think could prosper under this manager? And could he revitalise Delhi? Because that's been heavily rumoured. I'm going to say straight off the bat, absolutely not. We need to stop this rubbish about revitalising Delhi and just sell the kid. I mean, like sometimes it's not a bad thing to let go of a, of a scorned lover. We don't want him anymore. And it, clearly for him, it would be the best option to move on. You know, sometimes it just doesn't work out. You've had a good period at the football club. You've got your dues. People people have loved you. And now you don't want to be revered. So it's in his best interest to just move it on. You know, he can't be part of this deadwood that we're holding on to at the football club. Look at look at Jesse Lingard. Jesse Lingard was in a he was in a hole, a dark hole at United. Not playing, not getting any minutes, just aging. Just in the football club, earning his wages, aging. And he went to West Ham. Albeit they're an inferior sort of team to Man United, but he had a new lease of life and almost got himself into the England squad for the Euros. And Deli Ali's like five years younger than this guy. With with more goals, with more assists. Like I mean, there's so much more for this kid to be able to achieve. I just don't think it's a Tottenham. So I want that door closed stat. Don't even think about reopening it. Just so that's a no door, to Delhi. Shut that's the door a... and leave it, <laughs> leave it shut, all right? Solid regards, no. With regards to the players, obviously people are going to speak about a certain number two. I personally don't know how we can revive him because when I watched him, and I watched him extensively when he played, there were a lot of things about his game that really worried me. And I feel like his confidence was so bad by the time... He was basically pushed out of the team. I'm not sure if he if he can revive that sort of quality that he had when he was the starting right wing back at Wolves. So I'll be interested to see even if, if that will suddenly give him a kick up the arse. Um, with regards to the style of play that Nuno tends to, or he has sort of used in uh, his Wolves sides, I feel like it will work for people like Son and Bergwijn mm. because I feel like Whilst he always has that central striker, he almost has those inside forwards playing in and around um, that central striker. So I feel like Sun would be very well utilised as a incisive, clinical inside forward. And I also still feel that Stephen Bergeron has a role. I feel like he has the ability to be able to do that in sort of that 10-11 sort of role. Um, I feel like defensively, we're in a real rut but I feel like he could definitely start the rebuild of that defence around Rodon. I feel like Rodon has had a decent-ish summer. He's played some first-team games at Tottenham, and I feel like him as being maybe the central point of a back three would probably suit him. Um, in terms of fullbacks, I feel Regulon and Sess would do great um, because I feel like whilst he likes using the fullbacks. Um, Sess coming back of a really good sort of loan away um, and Regulon, who we know has the ability to, to get up and down anyway, would suit. Um, I'm interested to see how he's going to use Ndombele because, you know, while people look at him and say he's a bit of a flair player and a creative player, he hasn't really had this type of role or this type of player in the teams that he's had. In- I draw parallels between him and Matinho's position at Wolves. I yeah, think he'll probably get game time. I think I think he will because I feel like 
when he's had that sort of pivot of Matinho and Neves, uh, and he's, I almost actually feel that that pivot of Matinho and Neves and then Dendonka, who kind of drops in there, kind of would suit a Hoybier and an Ndombele, and then maybe like Esabitsa, maybe even a skip in there to kind of do that mm. role where they're kind of pragmatic, but they use the ball well and they they are workers because I feel like Moutinho, as old as he is, he works very hard. You know, mm. ne- never as most games get he, he gets a book in, and and then Donka, even as a converted centre back, has done very well. So I feel like there's definitely roles for some of the players that we have at the moment to take on positions, but I still feel there's lots of work on that squad that needs to be that needs changing. Lots of work on that squad. Lots of work. And uh, yeah, you uh, you chimed in when uh, Delhi was mentioned about being revitalised, but you were on mute. Um, <laughs> can he be revitalised? And what other players do you think may or may not thrive under Nuno? Sell Delhi today. Yeah, I have no sympathies <laughs> for that you. None. Yeah, I've got no time. I've got no time for it. Yeah, listen. Tops made a very valid point. Lingard left United to go on loan, revitalise his career. I don't care what Delhi does for this point. Of, yeah. If he remains at Spurs, I want to see a trophy. But that's still not going to make me give him a hug. I've had enough. I don't want to see no more of the Boohoo adverts. I don't want to see no more of Bob Marley and the Sunshine doing, doing sprints. I don't want to see no more of it. Yeah. If you're not going to perform on that massive rectangle green pitch, I'm not interested. That's my problem with Delhi Ali. He's been doing too much Sila and not enough goal scorer. Yeah, I ain't got time for it. So he's he's dead in the water for me. I agree largely with everything that I've said. Uh, I think it'll probably be wise to give Ndombele a free roll. Um, I don't think a lot of teams like utilise that. Uh, maybe City do with De Bruyne, but I think it would be wise to give Endombele a free roll and have, say, the likes of Hoybjerg and maybe a skip uh, or Sabitzer, if, if we do get him, massive if, um, to kind of like cover the spaces that he uh, vacates. I think Sessignon will be good in that full-back slash wing-back role, along with Regulon. Uh, it's sad that they're both left-sided because they would have been sick if you know one was right sided and the other was left then would be covered but uh, I guess they can alternate games um, what I would say is I don't think he's going to keep I, I don't think Kane is staying whatsoever like it's a, if, if there was an appointment that's a nail in the coffee this was it. yeah he, he saw you know name come up on Sky Sports called the wife and told her look big man Look at yards in Manchester because we're moving. Yeah, <laughs> we ain't seen around here no more. So <laughs> it's probably going to be a new strike. Um, Son, can Son give us a, a a season where he it's not just purple patch, you know, where he can just you know actually perform throughout the whole season? That would be good. Um, with Steve or Stevie, I don't know. I don't know. You know. I don't know. It's mm. Like, I'll be honest with you. I don't want to be harsh and write him off after like one full season. But our first games against City, 
he either needs an eight out of ten performance. I don't even care what the <laughs> result is. I'm talking about him personally. He needs yeah. an eight out of ten performance there. Because if he comes into the if he starts or comes off the bench, whatever it is, in that game and does nothing, uh two games later I want him out. Yeah, by by the thirty first <laughs> of August, I'm not gonna be wasting time. I will want that guy out, bro. It's so sticky having the first game against Manchester City because it's so difficult to gauge where we will be at as a team. Um, with the fans back in, I feel like uh, it's going to be very hard to kind of point or pinpoint what immediately we need to improve or change because it's such a high-stake game, you know, on the first day of the season. Um, I'm... I kind of feel I kind of feel bad for him because you know the minute it doesn't look like it's going our way, which I think it probably won't, which I think it probably won't go our way, it's going to be very difficult for him um, with the fans on his back. But like I feel, if we are actually watching the team play and we can see some of his principles in place. That will give people some sort of respite because, you know, over the last sort of year or so, there's been lots of games where I've been watching and it doesn't look like there, like there has been any plan. So at this point, I'm actually I'm actually willing to say I'd give that game a free ride. If you lose, you lose. If you win, yeah. At this point, it's a, it's a very difficult one to gauge because it's the first game of the season, you know? It is. It just... Um... It just adds to the fact that there really is no expectation on the guy, especially with that with that game being out of the way. Um, I just wish it was away from home because at least we can play them. We would have been able to play them at home later on in the season. But yeah, uh, I do agree with. Um, uh, we've got the man himself, Tobes. What's up? What's going on? Welcome. How are you doing? I'm good, man. It was a dash. It was a dash home, and then, yeah, just getting myself unpacked and all that palaver. But yeah, I'm I'm active. I'm here. Yeah, we were just touching upon the players which can thrive under Nuno. We touched upon uh, maybe revitalising Delhi, which has been rumoured oh, to have been <laughs> one of his uh, sticking points. Cry me a river, man. I hope, I hope Yam, I, I, well, I hope Yam the hell out of that topic. I hope he yeah, yeah, that sad. topic. No, no, it's done. It's done. It's done. Yeah. Don't course. worry about it. We killed it. We killed it. You know, you know what makes it even worse here. Yeah? This is how you know Delhi's in the back. Yeah, Top Scott asked the question first. He's like, "No, nah, I'm done." Even by that time, I was chiming in on mute. Yeah? <laughs> I've now come in. I said, "Yeah, I'm done. I don't want to hear." You just arrived at the hole. Unpacked your bags. You, you still haven't even had your your gishu shoot on the side yet. These, these men don't realize you haven't eaten yet. Yeah, you're just there waiting to answer a question. Man asks you about Delhi Ali, and you, you've thrown your head back. You've now put a dent in your wall behind you for no reason because because man wants to ask you questions about Delhi Ali. This guy is cooked. Yeah, and I'm not talking about cooked in the good way. He's overcooked. We don't want him. He's gone. Bro, from from time from time from time the the official club Twitter account from time they have the, the best thing that they can show us of Dele is his drip. 
They can't show us. They can't show us a highlight reel of his season because I was going to get onto that. Yeah, <laughs> apart from that, apart from that goal he scored in the Europa League against Cheeseburger FC, yeah, yeah. Apart from that goal, we've seen nothing from oh, Dilly. Absolutely nothing. It makes me so, sick. Makes me it's, sick. It's, it's it's the worst as well because the thing is, I, I, I maybe I don't speak for y'all here, but I know I definitely speak for Top, so I speak for you, Owen, and definitely Sai. Like, I like Dilly. I'm mean, y'all probably likes him too. I like him. I want him to do well, but it's time to go. It's time. It's, man, time. it's time to go, man. Pack your bags. Okay. Oh, man. Pack you, your you damn bags. See what you've done, Owen. Yeah. You see what you done? You know what it is, yeah. Tops, that told me tops. Owen, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I was a, I was an Ali fan, you know. I, I like, I like the. I, I took him under the wall like this. Mm. Gave him hugs, and then he turned his back on me and went with Boohoo Man. He didn't, he didn't even go with, he didn't even go with my dons, Blubbery. He didn't even go with, with them, and he didn't even go with Zara. He went with Boohoo Man. I want to do, want to do top style like this. Yeah, and after all of that, you want to do TikToks and an Instagram video as to why you're not getting picked. Okay, I see you, kid. While Endon Bailey was there sweating off his his fufu and peanut soup, yeah, from all the times he was eating overnight, yeah. When when Endon Bailey was putting in that work to get back to the team, Delhi Ali was complaining on Instagram. This was the final straw for me. I'm done with that. Yeah, <laughs> I want you gone yesterday. <laughs> well, it sounds like we're pretty unanimous on Delhi now. To be fair, um, yeah, like I, I would definitely um, listen to offers for him. But there was a question that I wanted to run back to toes, which um, we spoke to you earlier, and it obviously is to do with the club dynamic. Now, obviously, with Nuno being hired, Levy was initially against it. We've now got a director of football who. It looks like he actually trusts and listens to it uh, listens to, albeit the right or wrong person, whether you agree with Paratici or not. Do you think this is a positive shift in the dynamic of the club with Levy now listening and giving quite a lot of control to a director of football on the on the footballing side? So the overarching point, do you think this is a positive dynamic yeah. now? Yeah, I do, I do. It's just the thing is, this is what I, I said this on my stream as well. The only problem, the problems are that, like, for whatever reason, Paratici is not making the decisions that we want as fans. He's not, he's not brought in a manager who we can sort of hang our coats on and say, yeah, like this guy is gonna, this guy sturdy, safe pair of hands. You get what I'm saying? And you know what? That's that's a bit harsh on Nuno. Nuno is sturdy. Do you get what I'm saying? He's, he, we we know what he's about. I think he's done enough in his time with Wolves to be called a good manager in his own right. But like, I just felt like he's not the type of manager that we need for the way I envision us playing. Do you get what I'm saying? We tried the whole counter-attacking thing, the pragmatic thing with Jose Mourinho. It didn't work. It didn't work. And whilst, whilst Nuno is a much better man manager, I just want a manager who, who goes for games when the game's there to be got at. Like, I don't want, I don't want these managers who stifle our better players and 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 prioritize um, prioritize defensive stability to the point where you're literally shackling or hamstring, hamstring your own your, your own team. But anyway, 
back to the question at hand, back to the question at hand. I do think it's a good thing because this is what we wanted as fans. We wanted Daniel Levy to step back, take a back seat. We wanted the director of football in and we wanted the director of football, someone who actually, someone who is a football man to have a key influence on these decisions. And that's been evidence there. We, we, we literally seen it from multiple credible sources that Daniel Levy, Spurs, they, 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 Nuno's name came up on the, on the radar weeks ago, but they didn't consider him because they didn't, they didn't like his style. But Paratici came in, convinced him, and said, that's my man. I think that's the guy that's going to take us forward. Daniel Levy's backed it. So whether it's good or bad, I think it's positive that at least some level of power relinqu relinquished, some level of power has been relinquished. Mm. That's how I see it, to be fair, because there was a large section of sources and fans which didn't think he would even relinquish this much control. So to see that, even to an extent, even though Levy still has the final say, as you would imagine, yeah. it's quite clear now with the appointment of Nuno that he's he's gone against his principles to to listen and trust a director of football. But there you go. Um, and going back to the question, which was... Um, let me answer. Was there anyone else other than the likelihood of number two thriving? Any players that you think can thrive under Nuno? Um, because we covered Delhi quite well. I think Sessignon, Sessignon, possibly. I think if he plays a back three and uses him as a wing back, I think there's there's a there's an opening for him there. I think Skip can. I think he. I think Skip could. Could he? He will like a Skip, someone who who maintain some level of um, defensive like responsibility in terms of the position he plays, um, his ability to win the ball back and his ability to actually pass as well. So I think Skip Skip will be there as well. Tanganga, I think he, he'll be one for, for, for looking there. If we play a back three, I can see, I can see Jaffet playing as one of the exterior of a three-man um, centre-back um Center back uh, option, so I think it's I think it's it's yeah I can see a lot a couple of players who will catch um, catch some life off Nuno being our manager. I can definitely see that happening. Kane and Son are Kane and Son in it, so they they're gonna do that thing regardless. If Kane stays, if um, Kane stays, yeah, I definitely think Son could thrive if he's facilitated to play centrally. I've said that plenty of times. I think that could really unleash him. Um, also, like, I think the centre-backs would definitely, any of the centre-backs would definitely thrive because from um, what I've seen of these Valencia games, like they, they have a good team, to be fair. Like You've got Cancelo yep. and Jose Gaia as full-backs. Those are top level, like any top team would have them. Decent midfield, Negredo. Yeah, Negredo at the time was good. Um, Rodrigo as well. Rodrigo, there was another striker who. What year was this again? Just 2014 to 15. He left the job July 2015. Where did they finish? Fourth. They finished yeah. fourth. Do you know who their centre backs were? Al yeah, Alcazar. That was the other striker who was it's, genuinely it's very, very good. <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> I've been watching it. They are genuinely awful centre backs, especially Mustafi. And they both essentially got moves, big money moves on the back of these performances as a team under Nuno um, because it wasn't Gary Neville. Let's, let's be real. 
Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, even Mustafi, he he's definitely worse than any of the centre backs we've got, and that's saying a lot. Like he. Oh no 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 no! No, he is. He is like <laughs> no, 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 he no, no, throws no, no. his let's, team let's... under the bus. He goes to his knees, goes to ground in every. No, you don't do that. You mean you mean to tell me? You mean to tell me? If, we're a, if you're he can do this with Mustafi, you're about to put Mustafi over diabolical. I think diabolical is better than Mustafi. I think oh, I'm better than Mustafi. Oh, yeah. oh I'm, <laughs> I'm almost ne- I'm almost in the screen. <laughs> on the other side, there's about to be a ring moment. You mean to talk diabolical? Are we doing this? I will level and I will go as far to say they may even be on par, but this is what I mean. Okay. I mean I can, I can this further, this further, like, um, emphasize my point. Like, if he can do it with Mustafi, maybe I'll do it with Dia. I would listen to offers for, for Dia as well. I just don't think they're going to come. Um, no, can we not sell him for free? Just give him away. Just Why don't we just um, send him on loan to Brimsdown? They, they need to send him back. I'm sure the, the offers are not coming for that guy, man. Don't worry about it. The offers aren't coming. Man. He's dry. <laughs> yeah. There are a few players that have been um, apparently told that they can find new clubs listed um, on T1 sources from. Uh, from I guess I think it was Alistair Gold who's saying that Sissoko, Aurier. Winks and Lamella have been asked to all find new clubs. Cameron Carter Vickers as well, another given. Um, so yeah, that that's wait, positive because wait. this is going to define Paratici's reign now. Hundred. Wait, Owen. So so wait, Winks is on that list. <laughs> yeah, Winks is on that list. Yes, Owen in the Owen in the mud. <laughs> you hate to see it. <laughs> <laughs> He's rattled. Yeah. He's rattled. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be happy oh, to get man. a good fee for Wings if it means that Skip's definitely going to get a chance in the team. Because, <laughs> oh no, he will. As oh, I've said before, I rate Wings, but I think Skip's got a higher ceiling. I will Way freely admit that. He's, yeah, listen, exactly. All, like, listen, I don't even care. I'll say it now. My stocks are all in for Skip. I, I know that I'm going to see the player that I think is in there. I'm just going to wait on it. But I don't want there to be too much pressure on him. But I do believe, given the time, given the right moments, we have a player on our hands. I really do. I absolutely do. And yeah, you are right. His ceiling is very, very high, considering his youth and the amount of games that he's played under his belt. Like, mm. I've said this and I've said this a number of times. He's not an amazing, ta- he's not an amazing technician, but he's extremely robust. And he gets around the pitch very easily. So we've seen English Frankie De Jong, mate. He's a very good technician. Yeah, I mean he is, but that's that's not that's not like the crux of his game, you know? Like we, we know that he's very good defensively, we know that he's an he's an excellent hustler, we know that he does like to play progressive passes when he gets the chances to. But the main thing for me is that him being robust. We need someone who we know that when we put in there is gonna be able to put a challenge in when we need a challenge, is gonna be able to protect when they need to protect and also get the ball forward when they need to. Mm. Yeah, he does so everything that Winks is good at, in my opinion, yeah. and he, he doesn't get overrun defensively. He's very, very good in his defensive actions. He loves doing it. And uh, sorry, Al, you were saying? No, no, it's, it's good. To add, to add on to that, I'm not going to lie, yeah, I'm, I'm, I saw a lot of games that Winks um, skip played for Norwich. And I was, I've been saying for a while as well, I'd like to see him play 
this following season because I think he's somebody that could grow. I, me personally, I see a little bit of character in him. I don't want to put that kind of pressure on him because if he can reach that heights of Carrick, then we're laughing because mm. I think we've missed that kind of player since we sold him. Um, Winx's ceiling is like, Winx's ceiling is no higher than a PS5. That ceiling is in, <laughs> is is underneath the table, bro. That guy, I can't wait for him to go. He needs to go. I cannot wait. Oh. I wasn't sure where you were going with that PS5 ceiling thing, but you made that stick, so fair play. I respect that, <laughs> man. Um, <clears throat> so we got into the transfer window, which again I think is definitely gonna define Paratici's reign. Like I don't think many people agreed with his manager profile and what he seeks, but he's now brought in to be this kind of the guy he was at Juventus, who's essentially been known to work extremely hard, hardly ever sleep. He's constantly traveling, constantly like monitoring and scouting new talent and on top of that he's got a job an even bigger job in the sense of getting rid of deadwood um as i've mentioned the names earlier who've been asked to find new clubs uh we've got a pending transfer coming in and Serie A player i would like paratici to maybe expand slightly outside of Serie A now and again but it looks like he's sticking solely to that league um you got a Japanese centre back. Uh, plays for Bologna. He's twenty-two, six foot two. Apparently assertive in the air. He's good with his tackles, and interceptions on the floor, and can play adept as a right back. Did I get most of that off Football Manager? Yes, I did because I've got better things to do in my life than watch <laughs> Bologna play. Um, <laughs> but he's he's not a marauding right back, so he'd only really play as a right back in a four. He's not going to be bombing down the flank and getting crosses in um it's just an option to play right back um and apparently we're haggling over these apparently they want 15 million we're offering 12 13 it sounds quite familiar um initially from what you've heard of him tops are you having him yeah well from the videos that i watched um he does look look like a bit of a unit um 22 years old. I did do a little bit of digging and he does look like the sort of player who likes to defend. Um, from what I understand as well, he was very, very intense on going to Bologna and mastering the art of understanding defensive tactics and being a better defender. Uh, last season, I think he had like 31 games for Bologna or 31 starts in which I think he played like 16 or 17 at centre-back and about 13 um, at right-back. Um, wait, 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 is he centre-back as well? Yeah. Main main position's a centre-back. It's main, main position centre-back. What the hell? Wait, wait, wait. So he's one of our centre-backs? Apparently, so. He's, he's a fucking right-back. No, Who the just... fuck is this nobody was signing that centre-back? <laughs> Do you know what it looks like? It looks like a direct replacement for one fourth. He's literally what? the same profile as one yeah, fourth. 20, 20, 22-year-old, man. But like, taller. Everyone says that his strengths are like aerial duels, blocking, interceptions. But like, he's... He, when I watch him, right, he reminds me, in terms of his locomotion, the way he moves, he reminds me of, of a Maguire. Like, For the listeners, by the way, Toby's <laughs> just got his hood down and over his head in disappointment. <laughs> he, he reminds me, of, he reminds me of, of a Maguire, just the way that he gets around the pitch and the way he, he moves. But I don't know, like, as a 22-year-old, to play that many games, and he's, he's vastly unknown, I mean, I can't trust 
that um, he is the player that they say he is. But at this point, my main issue is that I feel that we should be prioritising established defenders, established centre-backs who are either experienced in the league or experienced at a level that we know can improve the current defenders that we have. Um, yeah. And right now, if you're going to take a young prospect, you know, a young prospective defender, I'm taking Anderson as opposed to this Tommy Yasu guy because I've not seen very much of him. At least we know Anderson's had a season in the Premier League. Although it's been at Fulham, he's got used to the league and we can clearly tell that there's a player there with some coaching and some obviously experience behind his back. But Tommy Yasu is a 22-year-old who's never played in the league and like, I don't know the level that he's been at when he's been at Bologna, so I can't really say. But, I mean, for the price, I'm not going to say no. I'm not going to say no. And it's a good point as well that you make about Anderson, um, obviously having played in the Premier League before. Like, I'll put this to the, the rest of the floor with uh, Johan Topes. Like, how do you think a centre-back coming into the Premier League will, will do? I mean, however good you are, you've got a you've got to get used to a league which is vastly different, much higher in tempo, much less time on the ball, although he is allegedly quite good on the ball as well. Yeah, man, how do you think that uh, that will translate? I think, <clears throat> I think we have to hope and pray that this guy is, like Top said he reminds me of Maguire. I hope that doesn't mean pace-wise. I hope that just means in terms of his ability to like be a marauder with the ball because we're going to need a centre-back who has the brain capacity to know when to release the ball and to know when to engage. And we're going to need a centre-back who can who doesn't get dominated like a little tart in the air. I'm sick to death of it. I'm sick to death of seeing our players beasted in the air every single time of outfield. We've got no dominant centre-back who can actually, who is actually certain defensively in the air. It's meant to be that, 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 that beanhead Eric Dyer. And he's a lamppost for no reason. He's just big BFN, big big for nothing. Do you get what I'm saying? So I, I, this 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 Tommy Asu guy, I hope he's good. I hope he's good. I ha I have no idea um, how he plays, but I hope he's not slow. I hope he's competent in possession. Yeah, he and, I hope he, and I hope he's a good aerial presence because these are these are three glaring deficiencies, three glaring deficiencies. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, 100%. Is that like, a profile? It has to be a priority, man. Like, I know we're talking about all these different options. It has to be the biggest priority that we, that, we, that we improve before the season starts. It has to be. There's nothing more pressing than us to solve, solve the issues we have at the back. Nothing more pressing at this point. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, you, know, like... you know what's mad as well? Sorry. You know what's mad as well? As well? I forgot to say... In, it doesn't even. It's not even intelligence. Just one who isn't an idiot. Someone who sees danger and can can engage. Someone who who sees the ball in the air and doesn't handball it or give it to the opposition. Someone who isn't error prone. It, it seems like I'm asking for too much here, but I'm genuinely asking for a a, a, a centre back to that doesn't make mistakes every single game they play. And it's, it's asking for a lot. It is. This is what I mean. That this is my concern. It's, it is mainly how he's going to translate from league to league because his profile is essentially he's 
commanding in the air, he's commanding on the floor, he's fairly quick, he's good with the ball, he's young, six foot two. That's cool. Um, but you've got Syria, which is much lower tempo, you've got much more time on the ball. I don't think the league translates well to the Premier League in terms of midfielders and strikers, for sure. Uh, but there's certain things which can translate well and things that won't. Obviously, he's going to get much less time on the ball if he is going to be asked to build from the back. However, he, I don't feel like... like I used to watch a fair bit of Serie A football and he won't have to concentrate as much when it comes to the defensive actions because he'll be faced with quite a lot more with it being a higher tempo of league, whereas with it being a much lower tempo in Serie A, defensive, defensive actions are much fewer and far between, so you have to concentrate a hell of a lot more, which is why I guess uh, defenders tend to be very good from Syria. Um, so I think when it comes to defensive actions, he should adapt quite well. Um, but again, like it's a communications thing as well. I can imagine or assume he probably doesn't speak much, if any, English. So again, it's that's going to be interesting. But it's... It's not as risk-averse as Anderson in the sense of the fee. It's quite a low fee. Um, so we'll see. It's uh, low risk, potentially high rewards. Uh, haggling, Bologna apparently want 15 million. We're offering 12 to 13. Oh, like, how, it, much, it's, how much is um, Anderson being quoted for as well? 20 37. to 25. No, you know 37 what? is his release contract. Like you know what's crazy? You know what's crazy? French League yeah. Cups are broke, though. Yeah. You know what's crazy, Owen? Um, how Joe Rodon cost 11 million. This yeah. centre back's probably going to end up costing us 16, 17 million. Yeah, probably. That's 28 million pound that could have been spent towards a 30 centre back. Instead, halfway house, cost effective, etc. etc. Mm. For all we well, know, Tommy Asi could be a really good player, but from the outside looking in, it just looks like the same old pattern that we've seen for decades now under Enoch. <laughs> buy cheap, buy young. Oh, yeah. Give him a few years to develop. Why are we doing this again? We've literally just sold a centre-back in fourth. A centre-back who we did the same thing to, yeah? Bought cheap, bought young, thought he could be good. He looked promising, but he wasn't able to do it in, the, in this league. And we've now sold him. Why are we going to try and possibly... Why are we risking going through the same process again? And it's not even like we have to... I know centre-backs, a good centre-back comes, comes at a premium now, but it's not even like we have to spend um, 100 million on a centre-back. But get us someone reliable, man. Get us someone that we can actually look to and say, yeah, you're my guy, you're 30. Get us that centre-back. Mm. That's the thing with Anderson as well. It's a good point Tots made. It's someone who's used to the league. We've seen a few top players leave the French league for quite low fees already, like Mike Manion, um, Sumar, both left for under 20 million euros. So there's no reason why we can't haggle um, a French club for a low fee because they're, they're essentially all broke. They've messed up their TV rights and they're all having to... Ha well, quite a lot of the teams are having to have a bit of a fire sale. But oh, can, I, um, can I ask a quick question, actually? Um, of course you can. Bologna. I was about where, to come where? to you anyway, sir. Oh, oh, they finished Bologna. 13th in the league. So Bologna finished 13th. And uh, 
Anderson got relegated. Sorry, yeah, 12th. 12th, just above Fiorentina. Oh, just above Fiorentina. Okay, I don't want either of them. Yeah? And <laughs> the, I know that football is a team sport. And I know, obviously, where, you know, guys finishing the league, you know, can can be questioned here and there. But I don't know this. Tomiyasu, Tomiyasu, I think his name is. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. Never seen him play. What I will say about the Japanese international players is that uh, Japan as a country, um, as an international uh, football institute, like tend to want their players to be extremely technical. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if he got that side of his game to a T. I'm not. Su- mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if he's ball footed, comfortable left or right. I, I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever. Um, the video that I saw, he looked like he had a bit of pace, but the Italian league is slow, so I'm like, really and truly, what pace does he have? And I didn't really see much, you know, strength in terms of dealing with like the Chris Woods and those ugly strikers from Burnley. Like I didn't see much of that in in any of the the video highlights. So, like I'm not I'm not really pleased with the signing. But but, and this is not me to get the 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 softer Spurs fans high here. I didn't know nothing about Modric and he came good. You know I didn't know nothing about Bell and he came good. However, I'm 100% with Toby on this. Yeah, Skriniar is crying. <laughs> For us to sign him, Italy oh, is broke. The whole we, the whole nation is broke. Yeah, and he's begging us to sign him, but they don't want to spend the pesos. We're haggling over three million again. We're haggling over three million again. To Do be fair, like we were haggling over. I think it was ten million difference or so. This is but bad. yeah, I mean, we should be we should be breaking our backs. To get Scrinia or Demiral or any of these certified centre backs, experienced and certy centre backs, because I promise you, like I think people are not listening to me when I'm saying this. Any improvement on what we have now will improve us as a team. Any improvement on what we have now will improve us as a team. Even some of the younger guys, the Tangangas, the Rodons, if they have a defender who is a front-footed defender, is a confident, assertive, comfortable centre-back, it will improve our defence tenfold. So why we're looking to penny-pinch on three million here, five million here, at this point, is totally beyond me. It's totally beyond me when we clearly can see we finished with three of our attacking players as the top scorers in the league and we conceded for fun. We We finished seventh in the league and clearly the issue is with our defence. You fix your defence, you improve little parts of your of your, your midfield, you have a team. I'm not going to say Nuno's going to be, you know, uh, ripping up trees, but he needs to start off with a solid defence. But one thing that gives me positive about Nuno is that he actually has had a decent defence when he's been at Wolves. He's been able to use people like Cody, he's been able to use people like Willy Bolly, be able to use um, Dendonka in certain ways. And at least we can see that in his defensive setup and his defensive structure, he kind of knows what he's doing. But you need to have the personnel to do that. So Tottenham need to just pull their fingers out and pay the money for a quality, assertive, comfortable centre back. Once you have that, you can improve people like you can improve people like Rodon. You can improve people like Tanganga. You've even got the experienced Toby to play in there, and he has played in the, in a back three. 
But until we do that, we can't rest in our laws on people like Dyer and Sanchez. It's not, we can't do it anymore. We can't, we clearly have a problem there. So why we, don't, why, we don't spend, why we don't spend the money is beyond me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss. It's clearly the biggest area that we need to improve on. Clearly. Mm-hmm. Well, there's been three centre-backs who've been officially, like, or all but official from Fabrizio Romano, from Alistair Gold, that we are interested in, had talks with, and that's essentially Jules Kunde, who I may have uh, botched the name, but we've been heavily interested in, would command a huge fee. Milan Skriniar, no secret, and Anderson. Um, would it be fair to say that Skriniar would be all of our number one choices? 100%. And to make it yeah. even like, look, this, this Kunde you. I'm not too sure on him either. Yeah, to be I don't know. Honest. Like, what do you might know about Kunde? Because I watched him a little bit uh, for France. Yeah, I, I, I don't. Right back, but from what I understand, he's a traditional centre back. But I've I've not seen. Yeah, him too I, much I don't know. I don't know too much about He's quite young. Yeah, no, he, he is young. I don't know too much about him. But what I would say is, a man's undecided on his haircut. These <laughs> things are important. I keep telling you, man, you can't be undecided. On, you, you've got peas, pesos in your bank account. Why have you got the, the what, what is going on with the fade? That's not the fade, that's the skin fade. What is going on? A man is undecided on his haircut. Now you want me to trust him as a centre back or even a right back. I can't do it. I can't do it, bro. Somebody <laughs> needs to show me a YouTube video of him making I mean, 25 like, I'm in a row. Like, I'm looking at some of his numbers here. So he's 22 years old. He's played 88 times um, and he's played 63 games in La Liga. He's got three caps for France. I mean, they, from what I can see, they speak quite positively, positively of, of him. Good on the ball, quite high pass success rates, extremely impressive in the air, um, defensively very sound and he looks fairly calm and composed. I mean, like some people have even compared him to Wesley Fofana, who I actually think is an excellent young player. But I feel like he doesn't look, I don't know, from what I was watching when he was playing right back, he didn't, he didn't seem as composed as I thought he'd be. And I didn't see him really trying to make any sort of, he almost looked like a square peg in a, a, a square peg in a round hole in that right back position when he played for France. So I'd be interested to watch and, what, and see what he's like in that centre-back sort of position because he clearly's played there a lot and he's clearly trusted there a lot. Um, and he was and he was bought for a fairly big fee from, from Bordeaux um, back in 2019 for 25 million euro, you know, so... Man, yeah, he's going to come out the high fee. That's the scary thing. Like we, We're going to have to be especially sure if we do go in for him. But yeah, I think my, my number one choice still remains as screener. He seems like the most commanding, experienced centre-back we can go for. I feel like if we went in with a similar feed to what we did last summer, we've probably landed because it's no secret Inter are completely broke. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was something like 35 million we were offering last summer. They wanted 45. We said no. Okay, just go back in with 35. And Paratici has apparently been sending text messages to him as well. So, you know, we'll see what he can do. Because Paratici, if he's going to just be shopping in Syria, you might as well go for the best talent in that division because, yeah, the rest of it's not looking um, great, to be fair. Um, there is another one because, I mean, we need quite a few positions now. Um, 
obviously on top of another centre back. Well, we need two centre backs. If we got um, some Yasu, we'd need another one anyway. We need a new right wing back with Aurier imminently going. We need a creative midfielder, in my opinion, and another striker. And especially if Kane goes, even if Kane doesn't go, we still need a striker. Um, Ings would be a perfect striker for me, new right back. Who knows? It's likely to be Max Aarons. But what are our thoughts on Sabitza? Because now, now the Euros have been played. Everyone, everyone on the TL, all the Spurs fans were all for him, all for a cheap fee. And recently, I've seen a little bit of a shift with. Um, with is he the right kind of player we should be going for? He's still going to be a low fee, but what are your guys' thoughts? Are we still wanting Sabitzer? I still want him, yes. Mm-hmm. I still want Agreed. him. A lot of people are like, oh, I don't like the fact that he likes to shoot stuff, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I don't like the fact that... Bruv, Spurs fans need to get through their heads. We need a high-risk player in that, in that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So don't get it twisted. We keep, we still need a passer in the middle. Yeah, we need someone to compliment Endombele and Hoybier. Cool, we want that option. Because Sabitza can pass, but he ain't a controller. We need someone who takes risks and actually gives us some 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 impetus when we when when in possession. I'm tired of having these duns that 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 don't do anything on the ball. I would rather have a, a midfielder who is popping off shots, who is trying to play a killer pass. Yeah. Bruno Fernandez, look how much. Look how much we, he gets slated, and rightly so. He's a he. He goes missing in the big games, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the one thing nobody can deny is Bruno Fernandes is a match winner. He wins countless games for Man United. And if you're telling me that we could sign a player on the low for 15, 20 million euros, who could win, who could give us maybe not a Bruno level impact, but can give us goals, attacking impetus, vertical passing, and work rate. Why would mm. I say no to that? Why on earth would I say no to that? Because I'm a to say no to that. You're you're basically you're basically a football snob. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie because that's okay. literally what we're asking for. We're asking for a specialist who can actually take risk with the ball. Because our other midfielders, apart from Endombele, they're pussies. They're absolute pussies, or they just can't do it. No, agreed, 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 agreed. Like unlike the first fan to be that entitled. He's he's also a set piece specialist, which we don't seem to have yeah. at, the moment, at the football club. Um, mm-hmm. Takes long long shots. I mean, from what I, people were saying, oh, he was spamming from range and crossing from range. I mean, he put in a lot of good balls for Austria, and he had a lot of good shots on target for Austria as well. So at this point, we don't have the type of midfielder. He's not a traditional playmaker, but he gets in areas that can cause problems in the final third, and he scores goals. This is more that can be said. About at this point, Le Celso, Harry Winks, Sissoko, Lamella, arguably to a point, Lucas, whenever he whenever he scores. So at this point, for the fee that we can possibly get him, I'd absolutely I'd snap your hand off for him. Absolutely snap your hand off for him. Why not? There's no reason why we shouldn't. And I think he's an improvement on some of those players that I've already mentioned already in there as well. Like, oh, come on, again, you have an international who has been a captain and has played in the, at the highest level in the Champions League. That already is an improvement. We know what Hoybier did by coming to Tottenham as being a captain and how it has improved the dressing room. And look what he did in his first season. 
if you had more winners in the team, more players that want to win, more players that want to do more for the team and try get as much as they can from the team, you absolutely have to do it. We're not going to be hanging our, our hats on 31-year-old Sissoko. We're not hanging our hats on on Harry Winks. Like we have to just we're not hanging our hats on seven-year, 16-goal Lamella. We're not doing that anymore, man. Let's just go for the players that can give us a decent outlet and we know that when they play, they're going to try and offer something. Something that Love. we don't have currently. Something that we don't have currently. 100. And it's, uh, it's, it's a direct Ericsson replacement for me. Like, it's so like-for-like like in play style. Like, I think his playmaking abilities are great. He's great with the uh, lofted through balls and half spaces. Like Tobe said, his work rate is on point. He put up, like, some of the highest numbers for kilometres ran in the whole of the Euros. The Euros didn't quite go as, um, I guess, he would have hoped, but he still showed promise of uh, of his ability. Um and like you say, he takes more risks. He's got a knife for goal as well with the late uh, midfield runs. So, you know, bring him, bring him. Like even when like Austria were performing badly, I still show, I still saw quite a lot of glimpses in class in his place. So, especially for the fee we can get him for, we really have to jump in quickly because someone else, someone else is they're just going to beat us to it, really and truly. And it's just going to be another another case of a player we've missed out on just for not being proactive enough, which which would be a shame because we've got the Ericsson replacement staring us straight in the face. But yeah, man, that jumps about... Um, sorry, Tobes, you were saying? No, I said 100%. I agree. There we go. And that just about wraps it up, guys. Thank you for for tuning in. Thank you for listening to our woes, even though we finally... Um, we should be happy with appointing the manager after 72 days. We're a little bit indifferent, but... As I say, it's uh, it's going to be a fun ride. There's going to be no expectation. And we'll see how it goes. We'll take our licks and blows as we go. Welcome back, y'all. We're just wrapping up. Um, <laughs> again, uh, please be sure to check out the Discord. By the time uh, this pod comes out, we'll have the England game again later on in the day. It's going to go off. Um Get the rest of uh, Tobes' take on his YouTube channel. He did a video on his uh, reaction to Nuno, even though he said he wouldn't talk about Spurs during the Euros. <laughs> Forced his hand. Um, and it can jump on fan slide as well. It's a chance to win some free money. And you've got yeah, the offer as a, if you're a fur friend, and add touchline fracker once you do. Yeah. Boys, it's been a pleasure. Thank you all for joining me in our pain. And... Um, yeah, we'll see you guys on the other side. On debut, Tunge Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! Podcast Network.